Hey everybody, this is Kendall from Recording Lounge. It is April 20th, 2011. Uh, I told you I'd promise I'd try to do two shows this month, um, and I actually am here doing it. This show is going to be a little bit different. I really hope this show helps you. Um, I was talking about this with a podcast listener and blog reader, Michael, and we were talking about, you know, what, what, what can we do for a really cool show? And one of the things he mentioned and that we were both talking about is, like, interactive shows, right? And shows where I actually let you hear things. Because I think that's what a lot of people are missing. Um, people don't have studios to go to necessarily to intern in their city. Or they do have studios, but they don't, you know, there's no free spots. Or they don't feel like they're ready. Or they don't really know. <clears throat> and so we were talking about... Uh, what I could do to help out, what sort of things I could do to make shows that were interactive yet uh, very quick and, and, and got to the point. So uh, one of the things that we came up with was a show about mixing drums and a show that's interactive that actually lets you hear what I'm doing. I'm using a really cool free plugin called Tape It, which is a free VST that allows you to, you put it on your master bus and it records whatever's coming through. My Talkback mic is actually, uh, you know, it's, it's on monitor mode, so it's coming through the master and it's recording into Tape It, which is saving a VST, or actually, sorry, saving a wave file of this whole segment, but it's recording high quality uh, wave of what <coughs> I'm actually doing. So, what we're going to do is take a listen to the tracks. Um, this is a song called Changing the Words, it's sort of a pop tune. The drums consist of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, so it's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve tracks. These are overhead left, overhead right, uh, kick inside, uh, kick outside, which is just a sub kick, like a Yamaha sub kick, except it's a homemade one. Snare, tom one, tom two, tom three. There's a mono room mic. There's a mono, there's two mono room mics, but they're not in a pair. They're just separate, put at different spots. Um, <clears throat> and there is a pair. The, the mono room mic in the center is actually a mid-side pair. So you have your mono room mic and then a, a figure eight mic that's split on two channels. So you have a mid-side left and mid-side right on that channel. So. Um, we're we're going to take a listen to each of these tracks um, without any effects. A little bit of background on this is that it was recorded with great mics, into great preamps, with a great drum set, a great drummer, all the ingredients, right? We had a custom drum set with custom cymbals, um, the snare drum and all that was picked out specifically for this the tone of this song. The drummer is my session drummer that I have on a lot of projects. I have uh, 414s in the overheads. Most of it was used with API preamps and some UA preamps. We had large diaphragm tube mics in the room. We had MD421s on toms. I mean, we had some good stuff on this session. Um, and so all that stuff is taken care of. So these, these what you're about to listen to, are just completely dry tracks. All right, here's a, here's a starting. Right now I've cut out the toms because there's nothing going on here, and I've also cut out the snare. So there's the snare and the toms have been edited back. Um, so really all you're hearing is the overheads, the kick, the sub kick, the room mic, the mid side pair, and the distorted mic. 
Alright, so we're going to take a listen to these tracks. Um, all you're hearing right now is the completely leveled out, I'm actually doing that right now, the completely leveled out volumes of all these tracks are all at zero. I'm going to go to a section that has more of a normal beat. Uh, actually, right now, a big thing that you're hearing right now is this, because it's kind of loud. That was actually printed with effects on it. So what you've actually, what you're actually hearing on that is a little bit of reverb, um, some distortion, and then some EQ. So it's actually already kind of processed. However, uh, I'm going to take that out so you can hear it without the distorted mic. We actually have, already have a pretty decent balance with things. Um, but what we're going to do is uh, adjust things just a touch. So I'm going to bring the overheads down, and I'm going to try to enhance the kick. I'm going to bring the tom level down because there's really nothing going on. Like I said, I've cut out the toms. I, I usually uh, cut out the silence on the toms, and then um, so anywhere the toms aren't playing, I'll cut them out. And then I'll just you know fade up and fade out where, uh, where the toms start to come in. Um, so here is that section again. We're going to turn down the room mic just a little bit, the mid-side pair, so you have more just a lot of kick and snare. This is without the leveling. And with. Already that sounds better to me. Um, that sounds a little more like like what I'm wanting, uh, more kick and snare. And a little bit less of the small room tone. Um, because this was recorded in a smaller, tighter uh, ISO room, but we want that big drum sound, what I'm going to first start by doing is add a little bit of EQ and, and I usually try to do this. If I was recording, you know, if the studio sounds great and the drums sound great and the player was great, but it was recorded in a smaller room, which a lot of times is in the home studios, especially if it's a treated room, you're, you're golden. Uh, if it's not treated, you might have a lot of problems. I mean, these are, these are dry sounds. Like I said, there's nothing on them. They're just balanced a little bit and panned. So, uh, I mean, like I said, here's our mono room. I'm going to add a little bit of EQ. I'm taking off a little bit of lows and doing a uh, high pass filter, taking off some at 500. You can hear it. This is the frequency where I'm taking out, and I'm taking it down about, it's about four decibels. Rolling off some of the highs here. 
just with the EQ off. It's with it on. Now I'm going to add my reverb. This is a lot of room reverb. I like to put that reverb actually on the track um, so that, you know, it just it makes it sound as though that was the way it was recorded. And I mean, I like to play with the, dr the dry and wet percentage. So let me see here. It is a mono reverb. So I'm, I'm actually just putting mono reverb. I started with the stereo, but I'm just going to use mono. Right now I'm at 30% wet. And I'm going to also add a compressor on there to bring out some of the room sound. And now that I've added the compressor, I'm actually going to drop down the wet to about 22. No, a little more. I like that right there. So now we've got a reverb, a mono reverb on our room mic, and we have nothing else. Uh, we have, well, we have on anything else. We have an EQ and we have a compressor. So now we're going to listen to those drums with just this small change. It's amazing how much it's changed in just that little bit. A lot of times people are afraid of mono reverbs. Now I don't suggest using a lot of reverbs on tracks because it's CPU inefficient. Um, and we do start using stereo reverbs, but on the room, if it's a mono room mic, I like to use a mono reverb because, um, you know, if it is, let's say I was recording this drum, this drum set in a big room, well, it's got real reverb on it, right? Well a mono mic is only picking up mono reverb so why put a stereo reverb on it? It's, it doesn't, it's not going to sound real um, however if I have a stereo set then I'll run it through a stereo reverb it just makes sense to me um, so and, and sometimes I don't put any reverb on stereo mics sometimes I like them drier so anyway let's listen to it again this is like I said no EQ no plugins all we've got is volumes pans and um, we have, uh, the, actually the distorted mic is muted. We have an, a mono reverb, a compressor, and a little bit of EQ on the mono room mic. So let's, let's listen to this. I'm gonna bring down the room mic a little bit. And here our toms start to come in on this section. So I'm going to go ahead and put a uh, gate on those toms. Um, these are three separate tracks. Let's see, a little bit of boosting the EQ on some of these. Um, I don't like to work a whole lot in solo unless I'm doing like gating and stuff like that because I, you know, solo is not the what you, you know, you're not mixing a solo instrument. You're mixing a mix. So uh, I'm going to throw in a little bit of EQ on these. Just, you know, simple stuff, a little bit of boost at 100 hertz on these floor tom and a boost at 5k. And then, let's see, the same thing on both floor toms. And the gates 
Most of these, honestly, are free plugins. I'm using uh, Floorfish Gate, which is from uh, the Digital Fish Phones pack. It's VST, and then the EQ. I'm using the uh, uh, Boot EQ from the Bootsy plugin set. Um, like I said, just boosting a little bit around 110 um, area, and then boosting some at 5K. So this is what their toms sound like. I'll solo up the toms and that section. Now I want to actually have some real ambience. I'm, I'm gating them pretty hard and that's because I don't want them to ring out a bunch. Um, so I'm going to put some ambience on them which is just, this is a stereo reverb. Um, it's pretty short reverb time. Um, what is it? One no point sixty five seconds. It's pretty bright. Um, it's a stereo reverb, so this is what it sounds like with reverb. And it's not much reverb, just enough to really add some color. And the big reason why is you're getting a lot of tom from the overheads. Remember, here's the overheads. So you're getting a lot of the tone of the overheads from the room mic and from the overheads. The room mic also has a lot. So we've got our toms and we've got that. So obviously, you know, I usually don't start with toms, I should say. I usually start with kick, but, you know, the toms are kind of bothering me, so I started with that. So, you know, if the toms aren't bothering me, then I might not start with them. But um, usually the first thing we start with, you know, in my neck of the woods is kick and that's just because kick seems to be the one that needs the most EQ and it just always does I don't know why um, it just doesn't necessarily sound the way you want it so here's our kick and I'm gonna first add a gate to that same gate that floorfish I'm going to add, let's see, uh, EQ on it. And, and honestly, you know, the EQ type is not important. That's why I'm not really trying to push it over that because it's not, it's not going to make the biggest difference whether or not you're using a super incredible EQ. It might change the t tone a little bit, um, but it's not really the point of what I'm trying to get across today. I'm trying to get across just the flow. Um, so, like I said, um, I'm going to put on an EQ on this kick for now. You're going to hear me make some changes. I'm going to boost a little bit in the under, uh, somewhere, somewhere around 60 to 120, and then I'm going to add some highs. You'll hear the difference I'm making, so I'll tell you what I'm doing after I do it. All right, now here's the dry sound compared to the wet sound. This is dry with uh, no gate.
and this is wet with gate and EQ. Now I'm going to add a little bit of compression. I'm running about a 6 to 1 ratio with a slower attack and a fast release. Attack is around 5 milliseconds, release is around uh, 0.1 seconds. So I guess that's what is that, 100 milliseconds? Yeah, 100 milliseconds. Um, so yeah, and it's just regular old compressor. So here is, I'm going to flip the compressor off and then flip it on. You'll hear, you'll hear when it comes on. It's on right now. This is mainly to even out the performance a little bit, make it give it some punch. Um, like I said, um, I'm compressing somewhere between three to five decibels. Um, the kick is pretty strong in this song. So let's hear the whole drum track now. Uh, you know what? And actually, I'm going to add a little bit of reverb to the kick, give it some space. This is uh, the same reverb I added to the toms. It's just kind of a room reverb. So, uh, you know, 0.58 seconds or whatever it was, something like that. Um, and on the kick, I'm boosting around 80 hertz. I'm cutting a little around 350, that's around 330 actually, and boosting some around 5K, and boosting actually a little bit around 10K. Um, I'm going to throw, actually, I have a tape simulator plugin I really like. I'm going to throw that on the kick, too. It gives it some extra warmth and some, some little bit of saturation, and I really like that. I mean, again, it's a free tape simulator plugin called Ferox. Um, it's, a, it's just a VST. Just download it online for free. Um, so let's listen to the whole drum kit now with the processed kick, the processed toms, the processed room mic, and nothing else is processed at this point. not really getting the snare crack that I want either, um, but we'll get to that in a second. Now I'm going to mix in this sub kick. Uh, the sub kick is mainly for low frequencies. Um, this is a sub kick that I actually made uh, out of a speaker and wired it up in reverse. And so you'll hear it's pretty much just for the low frequencies. Um, I put a gate on it and I put an EQ, or I put a limiter on it and I EQ'd pretty much just with a simple uh, low pass all the highs off and so it ends up sounding like this. And I'm not even sure if you could hear that if you're listening on tiny speakers but it's really just low information, I mean low low lows. So um, let's throw that in the mix now with what we just listened to.
without the sub kick. And with. Without. With. It really adds a little bit of low end. I really like it. And it's, you know, I don't have to go and double the kick track and do a bunch of crazy EQ. It's it gets a lot of that low information on its own. I just did a high pass I just did a low pass filter uh, and then added a limiter just to make sure that it was staying a pretty good volume. It's not even doing that much as maybe three decibels two of compression. Um, so no reverb on that one though. Um, that way the kick doesn't have to be as boomy. The kick can be more punchy like this. And that way when you add the sub kick, you get the boom and the beef from the sub kick. Um, next thing is, I'm obviously not really getting a lot of snare punch. So this is the sound we have now. Uh, I put a gate on there, which sounds like this. The main reason the gate is so tight is because the majority of my drum sound is coming from the overheads in the room mic. Um, that's the thing. I mean, you definitely don't want to push aside the importance of good overhead mics and good room mics because that really gets your main sound. Your close mics are really just for accentuation. And this is not the case every single time. Sometimes the snare gate is not on at all. Sometimes there's no gates on anything. Really, it's about the correct genre, and it's stuff you get used to, honestly. Like, I'm used to doing a lot of rock stuff, and the snare is pretty tightly gated. But in more folky, or jazz, or anything with brushes, the snare might not be gated, but maybe a touch, or maybe not at all. Um, and I'm only soloing them, so I can let you hear each one. So, uh, here's the snare again. We're going to add some EQ on it um, before we hit a compressor. So, I'm going to add a little bit of EQ in the, let's see here, 100, maybe 180 hertz on the on the bottom end and just brighten it up maybe a little bit, 100, uh, 10k and then there's actually a high pass filter at 80 that's what it sounds like starting to tighten up a little bit This is without it, with it, it's pretty subtle stuff. Alright, now we're going to compress it. Um, I usually hit an EQ first for the reasons that we talked about in the last show. If you're kind of curious about the last show, uh, what I'm talking about, I would go listen to that and it'll make more sense. Um, next we're hitting a compressor with a slower attack, maybe, I don't know, in the, you know, I mean, when I say slow, it's slow comparatively to fast, it's uh, four milliseconds. Um, release is fast, I don't exactly know what, the compressor just has fast and slow dials, and so it's somewhere fast. <laughs> Ratio is four to one. So we're hitting the snare. Presses on. I'm going to add my tape simulator, which is in the same setting as I used on the kick. 
I'm actually going to add another EQ on the end and add a little bit of something on the top. Maybe change it just a touch. Alright, I really like the way that sounds. Um, from here I'm actually adding two reverbs. First reverb is the same reverb I added on the kick and the toms, which is a shorter reverb like this. And the second reverb is a longer reverb that sounds like this. Uh, with them together it sounds like this. With the kick and snare, it sounds like this. Add in the overheads. Add in the room mic. Toms are added in which you can't really hear them because they're muted. Uh, add in the mid-side pair. I'm actually going to add in this distorted room mic. Let's hear this. This is in solo. I'm going to throw a little bit of reverb on this. Stereo reverb. Again, the same reverb as every other every other uh, drum. It's just enough. All right, now with everything mixed in, it sounds like so. Alright, the now what's we need to work on is the overheads. Overheads to me are kinda like think of the overheads in uh in my, in my brain they associate with the whole kit. So it's like you want to make your overheads sound as good as possible. You don't necessarily need a lot of low end, but you want them to sound really, really good. And like I said before, I usually start with overheads or kick when I'm mixing, but just for today I didn't. So let's take a listen to them. actually seems a little bit loud, so I'm going to bring the volume down just a touch. The snare is obviously favored in the left one a little bit, um, which is no problem, really. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to add a little bit of EQ. And let's see here. I'm going to roll off below 100 and boost around 10k, a couple decibels, and take out some mid-range around 400-ish. And, and I basically do the exact same settings on both. 
This is without it. With it. Just boost it a little bit there. You can even hear the snare rattling a little bit because it's a big snare. Um, so I am going to add just a touch, just the tiniest bit of compression to this. Um, I mean just barely, just enough, like one or two decibels, just enough to really hit the peaks. My ratio is uh, 8 to 1, my attack is fast, and my release is fast. You could almost say this is a limiter, but, it's, you know, not technically, but whatever. Alright, so I'm going to send these to the same reverb, same reverb I've been sending everything else to, um, and I'm and I, I mean, uh, send about the same volume on each one. Obviously that makes sense. So, let's see what this sounds like. To me, I mean, I could use those overheads as a full drum set. I mean, that that's a great sounding overhead pair. And that's just two mics. And all that's on them is a little EQ, a little bit of compression, and some reverb. That's it. I'm going to add in the kick. are in. Mine are real. I'm going to add in the distorted room. Turned it up so you could hear it. A little too beefy for me. I'm going to Take off some. EQ this a little bit. Alright, let's listen now. The 
toms seem a little bit weak. I'm going to try to mess with that floor tom and give it some more beef. I'm going to boost a little more EQ on the, on the lows and maybe loosen up the gate a little bit. Maybe that'll help. The tom was kind of tuned poorly, as you can hear. It's a little bit flubby, like basketball sounding. I don't really like that, but you know what can you do? Um, so sometimes, you know, sometimes that just gets the way it was recorded. But everyone recorded live, so um, I just have the drums in this session, actually, just for, specifically for this podcast. But you know, so uh, next we're gonna mess with the stereo, the the mid side pair, which sounds like this. Cool thing about midside is that it adds some width or like some dimension because it actually is adding sound that's out of phase so it sounds like it's behind you which sort of adds the illusion that you're standing behind the drummer that you have this like encompassing sound like like there were mics behind the drummer or something but there weren't so let's let's listen to them and see if we need anything on them Okay, um, there's really not a whole lot of, I mean, I don't really have a problem with those. They're pretty dynamically stable. There's not a bunch of peaks everywhere just because of the nature of the way it was recorded. Um, I like this the way it sounds, and I like kind of having that texture in there, and even if it's not super processed. So uh, I'm just going to leave them. Nothing on them at all. So now the drums sound like this with the overheads processed, like so. and the kick and sub kick sounding like this the snare sounding like so the toms of course the mono room Now remember, the mono room only has a mono reverb. It doesn't have the reverb that I've been putting on everything else. It only has a mono reverb. Then you have the mid-side pair. Again, just dry. And the distorted mic. We're going to group all these to a group, okay? And we're going to run these uh, into its own compressor. So I've got a subgroup going. Just call it drums. Um, and I'm going to group all these and send them to the drum bus. And uh, I'm going to throw a compressor on that, doing just a little bit. Just, I mean, a couple of decibels. And my ratio is 2 to 1. My attack is fairly fast, maybe two milliseconds. My release is fairly fast, a hundred milliseconds. So pretty fast release as well. Um, and again, I'm doing just a couple decibels. 
that's really that's really what I, I mean. I've I've mixed this before, and so I kind of know what I'm doing. But that is really all I've done. As you can see, there's not a ton of compression going on other than on the kick, snare, room mic, and bus. Um, there's a little bit of compression on the overheads, and there's a little bit of compression on the master on the master bus. Um, but in general, the kick and snare have the most compression. There's actually no compression on the toms. If I felt like the toms were not played really evenly, then I might want to compress them. But this, the drummer is playing the toms basically all perfectly. Um, this is a really fantastic drummer. I mean, his his playing is really solid. It's really even, as you can hear. I think you can actually hear him singing the track there. I think he is. Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but okay, this is uh, this is what that verse sounds like with everything else in uh, in the track. I mean, I love that. Drums are one of those things that is really hard for a lot of people. I really hope that this show has helped you and proved that you don't have to use drum replacers if you really know what you're doing. And it's really important that you just take it slow and, and take it one step at a time. If you have to work a lot in a solo, then go for it. But in general, don't get intimidated by the drum set. The most important thing, 100%, is to have a good drummer playing a good drum set. I mean, that's, that's your day. I mean, how many times have we talked about this, right? I mean, that's it. That's pretty much more than 50% of your sound right there. And um, you're going to get a great sound if you have that. And honestly, the next thing is if you have an awesome room, you're pretty much there. Like, that's pretty much what you need. Obviously, the recording quality matters. I engineered this project. Me and my assistant set up pretty much the best mics I got on this project. And this was done, like I said, for... Uh, pop rock song and uh, mainly recorded through some API preamps a couple of universal audio preamps um, with some good mics and that yes that does make a huge difference but remember this is uh, I'm, I'm gonna play you the dry tracks and I'm gonna play you fully processed I mean dry sounds totally different it really does to think of what we've come from to what we got it's it's pretty astonishing so here's dry This is with all the processing. So what I hope you're seeing is that mixing is not rocket science. It's not changing the original sound out of whack, doctoring it up and making it sound like a completely new drum set. It's getting the most out of what you have. Mixing is not something that should be this huge, huge challenge like trying to make, oh no, well, the professionals are making their crappy recordings sound amazing. That's not the case. The professionals are working with 
recordings done at the best studios in the whole world, and they just do subtle changes, and they make it sound great. And you know the big things from here, once it's in the track, of course, I mean, again, we're mixing in the entire track, and so I'm just showing you the drums just for sake of ease, but... Um, you know, you got to adjust things a little bit. The snare might be too beefy, it might be too loud, it might be too quiet. you got to adjust for those things. But this is, you know, I'm showing you the drums. And when you hear that, when you hear it unprocessed and you hear it processed, you can tell they're not a huge difference in terms of tonality. And so that tells you that it was recorded and played well. The big difference is the space and the punch and the bigness. Um, but it's not like they sound like a completely different drum set. So... Again, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Um, like I said in the very beginning, these are recorded well. It's a good drummer. And I've said that before. I mean, you really need to not underestimate that. And this is proof. I mean, this is total proof that the dry sounds for some of you might sound better than the drums that you're recording now. Um, and that probably means you need a better drummer. If their drummer is great, that probably means you need a better room. That's probably the number one thing after that. If your room is fixed, then you probably won't have many complaints. Um, I really wish I could show you a recording that I've done in an untreated room with the same equipment, the same drum kit, um, same drummer. I'm going to try to rig that up. That'd be awesome. Um, but the room makes a huge difference. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I've told you a hundred times probably. The room makes such a big difference to the tightness and the quality of the sound. Um, that room is treated with bass traps, like I said, and it sounds good. It sounds very, very good. Um, and the drum set is tuned. Uh, the, the, the heads are Remo Ambassadors, just the cheap, you know, single-ply heads. Um, they're tuned. And let's see, the drum kit is a custom drum kit. The cymbals are custom cymbals. The snare was a custom snare. I mean, it's a good, it's a high-quality drum set. It's no $5,000 drum set, but, you know, it's pretty nice. It's, it's up near the DW quality. I mean, it's good. But, I mean, if you want good sound, you've got to use good instruments. That's just, I know it's a pain in the butt, but, you know, if you've got to rent a drum kit to get the best sound possible, do it, you know? You'll be astonished. I mean, if you get a cheap drum set... The first thing you need to know how to do is tune drums. Replace the heads and tune them. You know, learn to tune drums and tune them well. You can get a cheap drum set to sound pretty good. But the key was, you know, this was engineered. I engineered this to the song because I heard the song. I knew I needed a big beefy kick, so we tuned the kick down a little bit. I knew, knew I needed the big beefy snare, so we tuned. I mean, we got the big 14 by 9 snare. Um, I mean, the 9 inches deep. It's a big snare. Um... And, you know, we got, I got a super thick head for that snare. I got thin heads for the toms. And, you know, we just really picked out our instruments well. Um, that has a lot to do with it. That's called engineering. I mean, it's, it's part of it. It really is. And, and it's hard for people to grasp. But that's where the true art form comes in, when you're actually selecting things. You're picking out snare drums that fit. You're picking out cymbals that fit. If you only have one snare drum you know, then you do have some things to work with. But the sound that I was wanting was a bigger snare drum. Um, the beef, the big punch is what I wanted from a bigger snare drum. And to me, I mean, that snare drum's almost a little bit too big. My favorite size of a snare is a 14 by 7 Because for me, I can tune that up, I can tune it down, I can really work with a 14 by 7 um, Most snare drums you have are about 5 inches deep, 5.5 maybe. Um, that's a pretty standard size, but... Anyway... 
So new heads, learn to tune, or just get a great kit and do the same. I mean, put new heads on the great kit. I, this is a great drum set, and I still put brand new heads on it. Uh, again, that floor tom, maybe it got whacked out of tuning somehow or, or something happened, but it didn't sound too great. But other than that, um, I was really happy with the sound of all the other drums dry. Um, and you, I mean, you heard it. You heard it alternated between dry and wet, and it, and it, they sounded good dry. It's just not the sound I was looking for. I wanted it to be a uh, big room drum sound, you know, uh, which is hopefully what we got. And I mean, that's what modern music is calling for, the big sound. And you can't get that with dry sounds. At least that's not the sound you're hearing in your head. And, you know, I wanted to play the track for you so you could hear the whole mix. And, and I'm glad that I'm able to do that with this cool plugin. Um, and I really, you know, like I said, I wanted you to see that this is a mix we're dealing with, you know? It's not just a bunch of individual drums and we're like, okay, I gotta make the snare sound as good as possible. You gotta adjust things. Now, like I said, I had already mixed these drums from scratch before, so I knew sort of the EQ bands that I wanted, I knew sort of where I wanted it to sound good, but again, you know, the main things I'm EQing are the kick, snare, and toms, and the overheads. There's very, very minimal EQ on the room mic, there's nothing on the mid-side pair, and I guess there's a pretty heavy filter on the distorted mic, but that's just a high-pass and a low-pass filter. Um, and again, almost everything has a high-pass filter. Uh, the kick has a high-pass filter at like 35, the sub-kick has a high-pass filter at 35, no, about 25, the snare has a high-pass at 60, the toms have them about 70. Floor tom has it at about 50. The room mic has it at 100. The sub kick, uh, no, not the sub kick, the distorted room mic has them pretty high, about 300. And then the low pass is about 3K. So it's mainly just mid range. I mean, you heard it, it sounds like this. So, that is the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please email me your show ideas. I really hope this has helped you. And remember, like I talked about the last show, I do freelance mixing and mastering. So if you guys are interested at all, you know, ask me a question about it. I mean, just send me an email. We can talk about rates. We can talk about things like that. Okay, you know, shameless plug for me. Sorry. I'm a businessman. I got to do what I got to do. So there's that. Um, if you have questions, please email me, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com, um, and give me any ideas you have for shows, for, you know, again, questions, tutorials, things you want me to put on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will see you next time.